That was a beautiful medley of worship. Uh, thank you, Natalie, for preparing our, our hearts. We are uh, going to begin a new sermon series this morning that is entitled, Come to the Table. And every, every Sunday morning, I'm going to invite you to come to the table. And you'll see we have many items here at the table. We have a bread to eat. We have the cup to drink. We have table and the chairs to sit. Uh, this towel here would be uh, for washing. And then, of course, my favorite. It's Charlie's favorite. It's Caleb's favorite. Malachi's favorite. It's the fork for dessert. You guys love dessert, don't you? And so we brought, I heard a name, men, come on, church. You know, the Gospels are full of meal stories, are they not? Jesus turned water to wine at a wedding feast. You remember that Jesus ate with sinners. There was Levi, the tax collector, and of course, the wee little man, Zacchaeus. Jesus fed 5,000, and then on an, another occasion, he fed 4,000. Both an amazing miracle. You remember when Jesus ate with Mary and Martha and Lazarus and Bethany? Jesus ate with his disciples at Passover feast. After his resurrection, Jesus ate with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And then in John 21, when Peter and John caught that miraculous catch of fish, they brought some of that over and cooked it up, and they had a meal there on the shore. The Gospels are full of meal stories. And today we're going to talk about another one of those meal stories in Luke chapter 7. We're going to talk about the story when Jesus ate at a Pharisee's house by the name of Simon. Now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. Now when a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house... She brought an alabaster jar of perfume, and as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and then she wiped them with her hair. She kissed his feet, and she poured perfume on them. Now when the Pharisee, Simon, when he uh, he saw this. He, he said to himself, if Jesus were truly a prophet, he would know who is touching him and he would know what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him. Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. There were two men who 
owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50, and neither of them had enough money to pay him back. So he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of those men would love him more? Simon replies, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. Jesus said, you have judged correctly. And then he turned to the woman. Do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears, and she wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not pour oil on my head, but she poured perfume on my feet. And therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. And Jesus looked at her and said, your sins are forgiven. And the other guests, they began to say among themselves, who is this that even forgives sin? So Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Will you pray with me? We gather this morning in your name to worship you. We recognize I believe each one of us recognize that we are in fact sinners apart from your amazing grace. And so we gather together in your name through the power of your healing touch asking that you will open our eyes and our minds and our hearts to your word to let your word speak to each one of us this morning. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I loved Thanksgiving. How many in here love Thanksgiving? My grandparents, uh, they owned an an old motel. It was a small motel, not one of those high-rise Trump Tower motels. It was a small motel. And I remember specifically that my cousins and I, we loved to run and play throughout the grounds of the motel. Now, on one portion of the motel was uh, my, my grandparents' home, okay? And we all gathered for Thanksgiving meal there. There was turkey, there was dressing, there was mac and cheese, there was salad. And my mom made the best homemade pies. I loved Thanksgiving. But here's the part I didn't like so much. I remember that Grandma uh, used to pull a few tables together. And uh, my Grandpa, he would sit at the end of the table with my Grandma next to him. And next came my mother. She was the oldest. My dad sat next to her. And then came my uncle who was the next oldest, and his wife, my aunt, next to him. There were just enough chairs at these bigger tables for my two older teenage sisters. 
And then there was the last table. There was me, my two cousins, and my little sister. Four of us at the kids' table. I hated the kids' table. Even though it was kind of pushed up against the adult table, it still made me feel a certain way. I didn't feel important, especially sitting in those folding chairs with the wobbly folding table. I wished, I hope she's not going to watch this sermon, but I wished that my older sister would just graduate college and move out so maybe I could move up to that adult table. I hated the kids' table. Here we meet in the Gospels an unnamed woman who did not belong. She wasn't made to feel super important in this story, was she? She didn't fit at that table, and she certainly didn't, they certainly didn't have enough chairs for her. There wasn't enough room even at the kids' table at Simon's house. And we're given no indication that she was even invited to this party. And Luke makes it clear to us who she is in his beginning introduction of this parable. There was Simon the Pharisee. And there was that woman who lived the sinful life. Everyone knows her in town. The Pharisee, he was known for religious zeal. He followed every rule in the Bible perfectly. He could pray, and he could pray using words that made the rest of us look silly and sound silly. The Pharisees were educated leaders in their communities. Now, who was this woman coming to Simon's table. Well, in the parable, we find out who exactly she is, right? The parable that Jesus tells Simon, we're told a little bit more about this woman, aren't we? There was a certain moneylender who loaned out 66,000 United States current dollars. And then he loaned out 6,500 to another. And he decided, in some miraculous, powerful way, he decided, I'm going to be generous, and I'm going to cancel both debts. Can you imagine being loaned $66,000 only to have it forgiven completely? I mean, I'd take six grand, right? Let alone 66 grand. This resonates with us because... Many of us here have debts. We have maybe mortgages. Maybe some of us have car payments. Maybe some of us have student debts. The love and the gratitude that would flow out of our hearts for the one who paid the debt would be incredible. That's why this woman joined Simon at the table. It was the Apostle John who wrote in John, 1 John 4, 19, that we love because he first loved us. And this woman joins Jesus at Simon's table because she loved 
someone who loved her first. Did you notice how she behaved at the table? She pours an alabaster jar of perfume on his feet. We're not told in Luke's gospel how much an alabaster jar is worth, but in uh, Mark and John's gospel, when they talk about Mary pouring uh, perfume on Jesus to prepare him for his burial, we're told that that jar could be worth upwards of today's money, $40,000. That's a lot of money. And this woman just weeps over his feet. She bows so low that she's able to wipe his hair with her, his feet with her hair. Wipe her hair with his feet. That doesn't make sense. She wiped his feet with her hair. There is a transparent realness in the way that she worshipped Jesus at Simon's table. Now, on Wednesday night, we've been having a discussion about wisdom. Uh, we've been looking at the, the story, uh, the, the book of James, and we talked Wednesday night about how wisdom is passed along within the church. And, and I got up on this tangent. I'm going to do it again for those who weren't there. Can you think of a more diverse and eclectic group of people than we have in the church across the world. And it's been that way since Acts. The church has rich people. The church has poor people. And I didn't mean to point at you two. And the church has the middle class. The church has, I'm going to do it again, those who have doctorate degrees. I didn't mean to point at you, Matt, Dr. Matt. And they have people who just barely got their GEDs. Right, Richard Gardner? <laughs> but they also have folks in the church who have technical degrees or technical trades, right? The church has those who've been bankrupt. The church has those who've run fi Fortune 500 companies, right? But the church is eclectic enough to even have those who struggle, right? Those who struggle with abortion. Those who struggle with miscarriage. Those who struggled with divorce. Those who struggled with pornography. Those who struggled with marital strife, with legal problems, even fits of rage, struggles parenting, struggles being single, struggles being homeless. There are those who have mental illness and as we gather around the table unfortunately the church across the world is pretending to be Simon I got it all put together I've got it all put together we don't have folks who realize the depth of their sins and how can you manage your anger as you look around the, t the table to all these perfect people? How can you manage your sexual sin when you look around the table and you got all them perfect people? How can you manage your mental health when everyone's just so put together? And yet it was 1 John 1.9 that if we confess our sins... 
God is faithful and he's just and he forgives us our sins and he purifies us from all unrighteousness. And as we approach the table today, stop pretending to be someone you're not because you're not put together. You have sin, and as we confess our sins, not only will Jesus forgive our sins, but we'll look around and we'll see those who also struggle and who are also forgiven. Did you notice how Jesus treats this sinful woman? Others, they stare. Some of them, maybe they <gasps> gasp, but not Jesus. He metaphorically lifts her up. He gives her worth. He gives her honor. He says, your faith has saved you. And I, I picture Jesus at this point, maybe getting up and bending down and lifting her up. As he says, go in peace. She was made whole by the forgiveness and grace that Jesus offered her at Simon's table. And, and Luke's gospel, it, it starts in the very first chapter with this personal note to Theophilus. We don't know who Theophilus is, but Luke starts the gospel with this, this personal note. He says, I want you to know who Jesus is. And then as you look through Luke's gospel, there are all these occasions where we are told by Luke, who is Jesus? And the people exclaimed, who is Jesus that he is able to forgive sins. Let's put the pieces together, folks. Luke is telling us that Jesus forgives sins. And with the forgiveness of sins comes something quite incredible. In 1 John, again, chapter 3, verse 1, how great the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Amen? I read this earlier this week, that sin and the child of God are incompatible. And although they occasionally meet, they cannot live together in harmony. You have Jesus meeting this sinful woman, and through forgiveness, we see this woman become a child of God. There was a young pastor in Ohio who worked at a feed processing plant in order to make ends meet. And each night he came home and his kids said the same thing to him. Dad, you sure are dirty. <laughs> Dad, you sure are dusty. And of course, Dad trying to pastor a church and also working full-time, he, he would grumble to himself and then smile and say, yeah, you're right, I sure am dusty. It was a Saturday morning, and the young pastor was washing his car. And he looked over, and his son was in the gravel driveway. And he kept picking up stones 
and rubbing it on his pants. What are you doing, boy? He said, I want to be dusty like you, Dad. It was John Black last week who told us in our communion meditation that we're not made red by the blood of Jesus. We are made white. We are not made dusty. We are made clean. And in a table where, good night, this sinful woman was not welcomed among holy people. She was made holy. She was made white. She was made perfect. She was made worthy. Today, as we gather around the table, we're going to be singing the beautiful words of the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Morning by morning, what? New mercies I see. This morning, we're going to sing the song. You're going to go and grab that cup. You're going to go and grab that juice and come back to your seat. And I want you to be thinking about what you need to be gathering around the table. Is it mercy? Or you got your stuff already taken care of? Do you need grace this morning as you gather around the table? Or you're good. You're already put together. I don't know about you all, but I'm not. I am not put together. And I am not ready to sit at this table. Which is why we can fall in worship. Because he's made us a child. And he said to you, go. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Our Father, we pray that as we go, we will be reminded of your saving grace and the power that you had to make us white as snow. And in in times when we don't feel good enough, we are reminded that we are because of the bread, because of the juice, because of the table that we gather around, we are good enough because of you, dear Lord. We're good enough because you sent your son to pay that debt and to bring us the forgiveness of sins that we so desperately need. I pray that it is those who are struggling this morning with their own personal sins that they will be willing to confess and to realize that we're all in this together. We're all broken and we are all forgiven by the grace of Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear Lord. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.